it's the next level. And a big welcome home to my favorite son. I made some chicken, but I also heated up some authentic German bratwurst flown in special today, just for you. I had a pretty interesting day. Sorry I'm late. Honest to God, a dragon was attacking Hong Kong. I stopped it. Ooh, a dragon, nice. Mark was getting ready to tell us how interesting his day was. Guess who's finally getting his powers? <laughs> Are you sure? Pretty sure. Threw a trash bag into space at work. Oh, that's great. Son, just great. If you're up for it, I'll make some time tomorrow for training. This is so exciting. Bright and early tomorrow, Mark. Make sure you get a good night's sleep. <laughs> for sure. I'm Mark. And I'm Jamie. And, well, this week, uh, Jamie and I will be covering, and this will be a spoiler-full podcast about the first four episodes of Amazon Prime's The Show, Invincible. And this will just be an overall thought and top fives of the first four episodes that we've watched so far, because if we actually went in-depth for every episode, we'll be here for five hours. So we're not going to do yeah, that. Nobody wants to hear us for five hours. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> So next week, we will just concentrate on episode five and just, you know, give our overall thoughts, our top fives within that. But in this case, we're just going to give a brief overview of all four and what our thoughts per episode, like particular parts that we liked, certain quotes, certain little things that uh, characters, things that we've encountered as we get to know these characters within this series. So to give the... uh synopsis of this well basically invincible was a comic book that was created by robert kirkman and through tv podcast industries derek who we know as a good friend yeah we all love derek and he basically looked into it and i didn't even notice i didn't realize this that uh invincible came out before walking dead yeah i didn't know that either because i remember early on in the walking dead or that Kirkman had said he didn't think The Walking Dead was going to make it because all of his comics had been canceled. So I thought, I didn't realize <laughs> Invincible was there because I thought that everything was canceled yeah. before The Walking Dead. No, apparently that was his first venture and it went long. It went very long as far as how many issues and they ended it before Walking Dead. I actually picked up the last five issues and I think I only read the first 10 at most, but Basically, if you guys are not familiar with it and you're just watching the show to give you an idea, so the synopsis that is portrayed or given out within Google, well, Mark Grayson, played by Stephen Young, is a 17-year-old fledging superhero who's been looking forward to gaining the same kind of powers as his father, who is Omni-Man, played by J.K. Simmons. But Mark is a bit of a late bloomer, as we all see. One day, however, his super strength, power of flight and super speed manifest in an unexpected way and that means his training with dad can finally ensue so he's been prepping all this time but it's tough being a newly minted superhero and as mark soon finds out it also changes his relationship with his father 
There's also a very real threat of losing his dad to one of many evildoers who threaten the city. When Omni-Man is found in terrible condition alongside the Guardians of the Globe, Mark losing his father feels real, and so does his future in fighting crime. So how will he reconcile becoming a hero with the dangers that accompany it? That's something he'll have to figure out on his own. Which is pretty brief, not really catered to the actual show as we see and we watch these episodes. Nothing really happened to Omni-Man, but <laughs> it's what Omni-Man did. <laughs> well, he did get hurt. He was in the hospital he did get for a while. Yeah. yeah, the Guardians of the Globe did really give a bashing before they... Yeah lost their lives but it's a lot of intrigue within it and as we could see and you if you listeners have watched it and i'm sure you have you actually saw Omni man just destroy the guardians of the globe and in the end get hurt and then there's an investigation and it's weird it, this is like a weird ncis kind of show and <laughs> has its own little things it's just as extreme but in an anime form very similar to like the boys as we've covered on this podcast uh, for a while and we just enjoy those but to me i if they actually did a live action of this the i, I think the budget would be like through the roof yeah i like this <laughs> as a comic i think it works really well as a comic yeah live as a, i don't think the live action would be worth too. it yeah, live action wouldn't be, we wouldn't be getting as much as we did if you look at the uh, Flaxons and the Martians and going to different worlds and yeah. how they would have it. And then they would have to get all the super suits. Right. <laughs> well, so, Jamie, what was your too. The violence. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. be quite as well, good. Yeah, what were your initial thoughts um, of the show in comparison? I read the comic, well, I read the first volume of the comic forever ago. Mm-hmm. And mostly forgot about it. <laughs> I I didn't like the way the artwork was in the comic. So I couldn't really get into it. I just couldn't get past the drawing. It just wasn't a style that I vibed with. So, mm -hmm. so I'm watching the first episode. I'm like, oh, this is a cute, you know, father-son story. Like I texted my friend. I'm like, hey, you should watch this with your son. And then I got to the end of the subject. I'm like, no, don't watch it with your son. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because this show is definitely adult oriented. It's a it's an anime for adults, if you think about yeah. it. Back in the early days in like the early 80s, they would have manga kind of anime that would be out that you'd get in your local VHS shop to rent of all things right yeah, I did that I wound up renting a bunch of those and not realizing it and that was before Akira and all that got even super vicious but those animes were vicious but now <laughs> this is like an, Amer an American version of Akira if you think about it but yeah. in this case it's superheroes very similar to like the Justice League on acid <laughs> where they kill each other <laughs> and a lot of the characters do remind me of the justice league in the very beginning the first episode uh the batman character <laughs> oh the batman character the flash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely. and the martian who's a martian manhunter yeah. you're definitely inspired <laughs> oh definitely or at least influenced yeah. to that way but as kirkman does he just gets rid of them right away yeah. <laughs> And I do believe that Robert Kirkman actually wrote the first episode of this series on Amazon. So that, that was pretty cool that we got out of that particular 
episode. To me, it was like, oh, we just jump right into this. I don't get a backstory. I don't understand. Mind you, I did read, but that was a long time ago, and I couldn't remember. And I'm like, wow, we just jump right into it. We get a weird story, but I guess they assume since we've watched all these superhero shows or live actions now that we're getting used to this, so we just jump into it. (laughs) So with that, we're going to move into our top fives, which will be our highlights of within the first four overall of uh, Invincible. So what's your number five, Jamie? My number five was going to Mars because I love space and Mars. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, two weeks to go to Mars. Heck yeah, I'm in. Yeah, right. (laughs) But then finding not only one species of alien there, but finding two was, Mm. I thought, really cool. Yeah, it seemed like the Martians were the good guys. They were trying to protect everybody else from those little organisms that were there that will take over, kind of like an alien, if you think about it, alien from like Sigourney Weaver. They were going to take over and just assimilate or maybe even the body snatchers. Yeah. Where they, you know, they could just take over a world and that's what they were trying to prevent. And apparently, you know, Mark is invincible and he, he can't be, you know, taken with this. And they... The uh, astronauts that he saves, one of them at the very end we do see is infected. Yeah. So, yeah, that to me, that was... Or sequence. That's what they were called. Sequence, but they do look like sea squids. (laughs) (laughs) You would love that, too, for what you do. (laughs) Well, my number five would be, uh, well, the Flaxons. I thought that was very interesting how, you know, they were trying to invade and they, they get older. They die quicker because of the atmosphere. And then the second time they adapt and they have watches and they wind up taking, you know, the robot finds some sort of flaw and was able to, they were able to take care of that. And then by the third time, you know, Omni-Man comes in and just takes them to their own world and just beats the living crap out (laughs) of their world. But my question is, uh, what are the Flaxons? You know, we never got that history. So I'm curious if we'll ever get that information, you know. And at least, you know, like I said, at least Omni-Man got rid of them. And we got them in episode four. And as I recall, one of the Guardians was a Martian, too. When when you brought up the Martians, that was something cool and I found interesting. Because I'm like, wait a minute. We get to Mars, we see the astronauts there, and then we do see. And I'm like, wait a minute. One of them died in the first episode. How do we not know what's there? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how did they not know that they had Martians? Like, the government didn't tell these astronauts, hey, hello. Yeah. By the way, one of them was a Guardians of the Globe. He's dead now, but we're going there. We're just going to pick up some rocks. Don't worry about finding anybody. <laughs> exactly. All right. So what was your number four? Number four was kind of the weird way that world works. So, hmm. I mean, there's obviously tons of superheroes in that world. Yeah. But outside of the actual superheroes, nobody seems quite sure how to deal with them. Like going, hmm. taking the astronauts to space in a spaceship sure. when, you know what, you could send Omni-Man to go get some rocks and bring them back <laughs> <laughs> and not spend all the money on NASA or, you know, but yeah. there's any of the, you know, the dragon in Italy and, or the cops going after it, like the guys robbing the bank with yeah. the super like why are the cops even bothering like they know they're <laughs> just cops. they're gonna die anyway right? like all you're doing is causing more damage <laughs> you know 
I think Omni Man with that whole situation, it was a way to get his wife to say, I trust you. And that, that was that whole thing because with what Dark Blood coming to the house, coming in, investigating the situation, and always pointing at him. Obviously, it is him, but whether or not he's aware or conscious of it, or maybe there's some sort of ulterior motive, and I'll get into that later, but they, it was his way, and he goes, oh, they could deal with this, and I'm like, I'm on vacation, I'm on a date with my wife, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're the most powerful man in the world, he's gonna let this go. Kind of wild. Yeah. You know, that that shows you how strange this, this show is. But yeah, like it kept cracking me up because I'm like, why Why do the cops even bother? Like, just have the cops get the people out of the way and let the superheroes take care of the superheroes and the kaiju and whatever. Exactly. <laughs> well, my number four, well, that would be the tryouts of the new Guardians of the Globe. You know, we get Monster Girl. And Rex in that scene where she beats him up. That was awesome because he deserved it. <laughs> he did. He, he did. We find out she ages down for every time she uses her powers. And once at one point was Monster Lady. And her real age is in her, I guess, in her mid to late 20s. She's 26. Yeah. And the fact is, is you know, it's like. Rex is that typical perv. He's your yeah. typical guy that he thinks he's hot shit and hot stuff and can do whatever he wants and then basically breaks girls' hearts and women's hearts, whether they are superheroes or not. But he, I guess he's the bad guy that every girl is attracted to. Uh, no, I'm too old to be attracted to that kind of guy. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm just saying it's the, the cliche yeah. of that, you know, that they throw in there. You know, he already ruined with Atom Eve at one point because uh, of what he was doing. He was cheating on with the, uh, I, I call her multiple girl. I forget her name. It's duplicate. <laughs> duplicate. And, and then they kept calling her Kate, which I thought was cute. That is cute. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's like Rex will never give up. He keeps going after it. And even Robot actually approaches him. It's like, you need to learn to separate your social right? life with being a hero. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's weird it's just the fact that it's like and how pervy he was when he goes well she's like 14 and i'm like oh my god really uh. <laughs> so nasty oh. he goes i know she's older but it looks like a live long a fan live out a fantasy or something and i'm like oh my god really they did do uh. that <laughs> yeah he is just gross yep Yep, and he comes up with a lot of interesting catchphrases and quotes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're number three? My number three is kind of like, kind of goes, I, I was trying to do stuff that goes through all the episodes instead of necessarily one specific thing from each one. But um, yeah. like um, the, the dating that's going on, I found it very interesting, all the different, like even, yeah. so, you know, Rex and Eve, and <laughs> which is not going well <laughs> anymore. No. No. Well, they're done, they're if you think about it. And then and then Eve winds up, like, looking at Mark and being interested, and at that point, he's involved with his other yeah. girl, and Amber, who's I mean, a regular normie at school. Yeah, Amber is cool. <laughs> she's way too cool for high school. She's way too cool for him. I yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the fact that it's like, oh, let me buy you this. Oh, it's out of my price range. <laughs> oh, let me get you a rice separator. What does that do? <laughs> adorable like he's adorable like and i think yeah. like the whole teenage puppy love thing is super cute 
Yeah, I think he he's out of his league. Oh, I think he was, and, and I think there's some sort of ulterior, like, motive that that Amber has to be with him for some strange reason. I don't know what it is exactly. Maybe it's some sort of high school thing where they. <laughs> I think she thinks he's cute. Um, I mean, I've definitely dated guys where I've been like, I felt maybe a touch out of their league, but like they were just so cute and awkward and whatever it was endearing like i think mark is adorable i think he's like if i were in high school with mark i would have a crush on him oh <laughs> he's, a little he's a little he doesn't know his geography at all <laughs> he, he's still innocent yeah uh, yeah yeah and that's the whole thing and i think she finds that the fact that it's like i love how his friends like you know you gotta get rid of all the comics he throws them out throws everything yeah. out including the garbage pail <laughs> but then he ends up showing her comics right away yeah and it's just him being him and yeah. just his love of things. So, and it worked out. And then he, but unfortunately, he leaves there, her <laughs> there in the room for an hour while he's out there battling. Yeah, he's going to, he's got to slip up in like the next episode or two and end up telling her what's actually going on. Yeah. Uh, all because Cecil had to like, grab him for a mission. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're number three? That was my number three, Christmas. Okay. Oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're on to my number three, I guess. Well, Mark's attempts to be a hero while his father is in the hospital and happens to, you know, upon the teen team. And then he meets Adam Eve. And the funny thing is, is that he actually talks about it to her the next day at school. You know, he tries to save a woman within that fight. But in the end, she winds up dying from her wounds in the hospital, in the same hospital that, you know, his father is. Yeah. Yeah, and he's also new to learning how to fight on his own with the help of Eve, at least, who is voiced by Gillian Jacobs from Community fame. And, you know, plus the scene on Mars when we he kind of messes up with watching the astronauts and he's too busy looking at his phone, kind of falls asleep while he's looking at pictures of Amber. <laughs> and then he notices the astronauts are gone from then he goes oh crap and he has to go find the footprints and follow it through and then he finds the hidden place but gets involved with the martians and then they have that little scuffle they realize oh he he's invincible or you know a superhero or somebody's he's from a different world they are aware of that but the fact is that they're they want to execute the astronaut so he knows he has to save them so and we kind of get a split scene where it's like, well, I can't let you. And then we don't see what happens, but you see them all running. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he's able to lift and, you know, push out the uh, the shuttle for their safety, which is good. But unfortunately, we do see that one of the astronauts is infected, kind of like, uh, like I said, invasion of the body snatchers or something. Yeah, that's not going to be good for Earth. Nope. You're number two. My number two is the voice acting. Excellent. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have a ton of actors we all know from The Walking Dead, but we also get J.K. Simmons, Seth Rogen, and a bunch Zachary of other Quinto. actors. Yep, Zachary Quinto. He's a good robot. <laughs> Clancy Brown. Yeah. yeah. So, of voices that we all know. Yeah, Carrie Payton's voice is destined to be a superhero. Like, it's just great. Yeah. Like, Teen Titans and the, he is just perfect. It sounds more like Harry Payton than it does than Cyborg. Yeah. yeah, so it works out in this case, I think. Yeah. So I think it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and Ross Marquand, you got Lauren Cohan, I believe, was in it too. 
but a lot of their characters were killed away <laughs> right away. So we got a little bit of them, you know. Uh, I think Robert Kirkman did a podcast recently uh, with Hardwick, and he goes, "Yeah, we uh, we I killed you off in this show, but I want you to come back. But well, your character's gonna get killed off, and <laughs> at least this time you don't have to go through the motions. You're just doing the voice." <laughs> Well, he could be a little bit sneaky when it comes to that, but at least he enjoys having the same actors on for his work that he, he it's, you know, that's being portrayed at least. Yeah, you know, at least we get them back in some sort of way. Stephen Young obviously is going to be continuous throughout the whole show. And I forgot it was him and he did yeah. such a good job. Yeah. And yeah, like all all the voice acting I think is fantastic. Like, it really yeah they, they got a big cast and that that's really what attracted to me when i first saw this we saw the what the coming attraction at san diego comic-con virtual as soon as that uh advertisement came up or the the promo for it came up i was i'm like i'm all in i gotta watch this and i forgot that oh it's gonna be on this time at the same time of everything that we're covering so <laughs> i was like busy. okay and then, yeah we got busy and then on top of that he drops three yeah. Three at once. So I'm like, really, dude? Well, yeah, you, you I like that. Us into it. I like that, though, because <laughs> I have a three episode rule for whenever I start a new show. If I'm not into it at the end of three episodes, then I'm. Yeah. But I give everything three episodes unless it's really atrocious. But it makes sense. So I like the I like that they dropped three because I got to make my decision right away as if I was if I was continuing. And I am continuing because this is really good. Yeah, it is. And we're on to what number one? I think we're on to number one. What's your number one? Oh, oh no, actually, we're on number two. Right? Oh, yeah, we're on. Oh, number, we're on number, number two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, that was my yeah. number two. Your okay. number two. Oh, my number two. There we go. That's what we got. I can't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark being young and his powers developing within the show as we've seen so far. So his father tried to train him on using them, but he's a bit hard on him. He's really hard on him, and I love the banter and play between father and son. Yeah, that's... It's like, oh, you know, he beat me to this... Uh, I forget which mountain it was. Was it Kilimanjaro or something? Like I forget. Everest. Everest, yeah. And he goes, which one is that? It's the biggest one. <laughs> he didn't even know. Again, he, he doesn't goes, know his geography. Uh, yeah, the first one there has to wash the dishes for a week. <laughs> and then Mark lands, and he barely lands on the mountain. His father just gets on it perfectly. But the fact is, uh, it's like, then they wind up helping out the, the climber that's there. And scaring the shit out of the climber that's there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, imagine him falling at that <laughs> point. They would have to really save him at that point. And the first time when Omni-Man is actually trying to train Mark, he punches him. Gotta take a punch. Yeah. That was hard. That was that was tough. Yeah. And even his mother was like, you really need to uh, lay off him. <laughs> right? So, but there's caring, and he, I think there's a lot of respect that the father wants a lot for his son, and it works, because it's a father's son, like you were saying before, you wanted your friend to watch it with his son, but no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Not, but the one cool thing was him getting his suit. Yeah. In fact, he brings him to the same tailor that he had. He goes, I'm getting a super suit. And then he gets the first one, he goes, uh... This doesn't work for me. He doesn't <laughs> like the color scheme. But I love the suit yeah. shopping. That was pretty cool. And I love the like the powers develop. You know, it's not like something he was born with. You know, they develop with him. You know, it comes on with like puberty. So you have mm -hmm. 
somewhat of a knowledge of being responsible with them instead of being like, you know, a seven-year-old kid. Just happening to have it. Just happening to have yeah. it and just being a disaster. As it goes. <laughs> yeah, then we get that uh, weird movie that was out there that was a bad Superman movie. <laughs> oh, like the evil Superman. I forget the name. We actually did cover it. I'm forgetting the name of it, which is funny. But the fact is, like, like even in Smallville, we saw that, you know, Clark developed his powers gradually and he had to deal with them as they came. Yeah. At least with Mark, he was forewarned that he was going to have powers by his father. So he had that knowledge, which was really cool. And the fact that his father was there to teach him and guide him to some degree. Yeah. So in other shows, we don't get that. But unfortunately, well, Omni-Man is not a great role model if we find out he's a murderer, his whole family finds out. Yeah, you just killed all these people that were guarding the world. Right. What what was the reasoning? <laughs> what was your uh, number one? Well, that actually brings me to my number one is all the um, the mystery <laughs> that's going on. Like, yeah, why did Omni Man kill them? Why did he never want to be an official guardian? Like, exactly. Like, was he possessed or something? Because his scene, like that last scene, he seemed a little weird. So does mm-hmm. he know he did it? Does he not know he did? Like, we don't. Yeah, that he, he's still hiding something. Yeah. Or, or something's being hidden from him, and but he's on the defensive all the time with Cecil and Darkblood, and he's saying, it's like, I already told you what I know. Yeah. And it's like, all right, you're hiding something, meaning that you do know something. Were you not in control of your own body, or was somebody else in control? Right. Like, that, the whole mystery with him, and then also with Robot and Cecil. Like mm. what is going on there? What what is that thing in the in the big tube? The baby Jabba looking thing? What is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on top of that, that other character that they broke out of jail. Where is he going to come in? Yeah, a robot just let him go. Yeah, boom. Yeah, I'm. It makes me think. Wow, there's something else that's behind the scenes that we're not seeing. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure by the end of the season we'll we'll get all the answers. Yeah. Which would be cool. But I like I like that there's a mystery to keep you going. It's not just, you know, bad guy of the week or anything like that. Yeah. Like, well, pretty much, you know, if you think about it, it was bad guy of the week at one point with the flaxons <laughs> constantly coming back. <laughs> and then you got the two blue guys and them complaining. It's like, you're the clone. No, you're the clone. And then he destroys the clone. And he goes, yeah, you're the clone. And then he makes another makes one. Another one. And he's obviously part of Robot's plan somehow. Whatever it exactly. Is, whatever it is Robot's up to. Yeah, maybe they're the Legion of Doom. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, my number one will be, yeah, the of course, you know, as brutal as it was, that scene at the end of the first episode, it's crazy. Yeah. But it just had my mouth drop, and I was like, okay, well, this makes me want to watch everything else now. You know, how Omni-Man just destroys the Guardians oh. of the Globe and gets away with it, smashing the crushing of the brains. The crushing of the brains. I mean, and just using somebody else's appendage to break through somebody else's head at the same time, and oh, I, I mean, I love horror movie gore, so that was great, yeah, it worked out for me. Head. But at least it was anime. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Kids, don't watch this. <laughs> yeah. Definitely sure to watch the kids aren't bad. <laughs> Unless you're one of those parents who's just like, yeah, oh, you can watch however you want. Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and they were really yeah. little and couldn't remember, but now they're at an age where I'm not going to let them watch this. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You give them, like, Alice at least another 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> she gets upset when people lie on TV shows, so I don't think she's going to deal with some head crushing that well. 
All right, well, that's our top five on that. We're going to move on to notes. So do you have any particular notes you want to bring up? Uh, I, well, I had one question for you. Sure. The kaiju that Omni-Man brought home, the squid thing, is that was mm-hmm. that a real kaiju? Because you're the kaiju expert. Or was that something they just kind of made up? <laughs> uh, it's something that they made okay. up for the show, I believe. Yeah, it's not something I'm aware of. So it's, it's within our own world. So that would be interesting now. I want to see how that continues. Yeah. But I like that there's super villains and kaiju. Like it's just a mix of an aliens and whatever. A mix of everything. Yeah. It keeps it interesting. Yeah. It's funny too, because in the new Suicide Squad 2, at the first end, look, there's a huge kaiju. And I'm like, it looks like a starfish. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so, yeah, listeners, you got to check that out too. If you haven't checked out the trailer for Suicide Squad 2. Well, I'll start with mine. Well, Cecil, I think, is an interesting character. He just reminds me of uh, Coulson, like in S.H.I.E.L.D., kind of being in control out of Marvel Comics. Uh, Oddly enough, he has powers. He could teleport, and he was the one that brought the Guardians of the Globe together, apparently, as a team, and including Omni-Man, and he's the one that knew Omni-Man beforehand. So that I found him to be an interesting character, and the fact that he's really interested in Mark at that point, because... He knows that, you know, he has the same powers as his father. And I think because Omni-Man won't be controlled and wouldn't join the Guardians of the Globe, why wouldn't he join the Guardians of the Globe anyway? And that's another question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you were saying before, why didn't he? You know, Omni-Man didn't do that. Right. What was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, and then he dismissed them as co-workers to his wife after the funeral, you know, after telling the world how much he cared about them. And then he gets home, like, they were co-workers. <laughs> and then, yeah, especially the, the speedster's wife, after you know it's like well you know she did that thing at christmas she got really drunk she drinks a lot meanwhile he's drinking a glass <laughs> of wine <laughs> next one up for me would be uh damien darkblood i think that's an interesting character clancy brown highlander fame he played the gurgan he voices it basically he's a demon detective that when he appears it gets cold so that's kind of a dead giveaway and omni man caught that like he knew he was in his house because yeah he saw his breath and same thing with Cecil. Cecil was like, oh, give me the room. And then he knew that he was there. And he talks kind of strange if you think about it. But I would totally watch a spinoff with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a police procedural with him. That would be awesome. I wouldn't be surprised they do a spinoff with this show or after the show ends or anything. I wouldn't be surprised if Kirkman actually puts out like a comic based on that character, based on fandom. From what I've heard that they're actually putting out action figures based on the actual cartoons. Awesome. They did it. They didn't re-release the uh, the image-based comic versions, so that stuff. <laughs> Next one up would be for would be Alan the Alien, who is played by Seth Rogen. So apparently, there is an assessor of a member of world candidates in the Coalition <laughs> of Planets. He's coming to Earth for the past fifteen years and battling Omni Man, and this time it took Mark. To make him figure out that he misread or understood Earth from Urath. <laughs> now, mind you, he never spoke to Omni Man, apparently. They just beat the hell out of each other, and then, you know, Omni Man just beat him to go away. And all that Alan had to do was assess that they have some sort of fighter that's available to protect the Earth. Or, But in his case, he thought it was Urath. So he, they're not even part of the coalition. So they're not even being acknowledged, kind of similar to Star Trek. It's like, well, there's this new planet. (laughs) 
but I just love the character and the scene. It, it, it was a good comic relief too with the situation where he's just like, here, pick up a boulder. I'm going to explain it to you. Yeah, it was, it was a fun scene. And then also like, it also adds to like this larger world that is creating like just how much of a universe there really is in this story. Yeah. So uh, we're going to move on to quotes. So do you have any quotes? Um, no, I totally forgot about the quotes. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I only have a few. I thought we would go really long on this, but apparently I don't have much to say. <laughs> I did. Oh wait, That's I did have one more. Or the stuff like with Robot when he was talking with everybody, trying to make them like understand, talking with everybody, like trying to have their conversation to make them more um, realize what they're Retreat. they're doing. And okay. especially when he was talking with Monster Girl, and he's like, you know, nobody understands what's underneath, and she's like, you're a robot. What the hell do you know? I'm like. He just made you feel better. Obviously, he feels the same way you do. Stop being mean. <laughs> that, that, that's a good one, yeah. yeah like I, and the fact it's like, I guess it's like that discrimination, right? You're a robot. Yeah, like there's a lot of people dismissing him. And I think that might be why he's up to what... That's where his anger is coming yeah. from and why he's doing what he's doing. Whatever he's yeah. up to is from that. Well, the first quote I would have, which is pretty funny, it's Rex, of course. He goes, way to go back there, Invincible. I take back everything I said about you, and I said a lot. <laughs> that was that was. Well, the next one after that would have been, Omni-Man's your dad? <laughs> the fact that they actually, because after the last battle, Alan the Assessor saying, are you using your time out? Because Mark goes, time out. <laughs> And he goes, and then, you know, Mark's like, there's a timeout? And it, and Alan's like, yeah, it's in the rules. <laughs> like, there are rules to these engagements, apparently. Nobody knew. I guess Omni Man had no clue. Well, if it wasn't part of the coalition, maybe nobody had the opportunity to tell him. And this last one I would have would be Omni Man. And this seems like an ominous thing to say based upon what we know from the very first well, the ending of the first episode, what we know of what he did, you don't seem to understand Earth is not yours to conquer. And that's to the flag since when he, before he just decimated their whole world, I'm curious if there's anything left of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If they're going to come back. But yeah. So that th those were my quotes at that point. I'm hoping everybody else is uh, enjoying the show as we are. Yeah. We're having a good time. Once uh, episode five comes in, we'll go into further in depth within the actual episode on the next uh, podcast. So, and well, with that, we're just going to move right into comic book news or comic news as a whole. And The Rock has been posting a lot about Black Adam more and more a little bit each day and teasing us, especially with a script images things of that nature he had something on youtube and i recommend it all you have to do is go to his channel but it's like a whole history of adam black adam and everything associated with shazam so oh. you're basically getting pre-promotion for the movie to get us all hyped for it which is pretty cool and for people like me who don't have the background it's nice to be able to find it in one spot <laughs> It's fun. Uh, if you have not watched this, uh, the actual Shazam movie, I would highly recommend it. It's a fun movie. You don't necessarily have to read the comics, but it kind of gives an overall backstory of Billy Batson and the story of Shazam and how he gets his powers and everything. And the very ending kind of alludes to Black Adam, which is pretty cool. So next up would be uh, apparently Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield 
are in the next Spider-Man movie. So I'm looking forward to this highly. So it's been confirmed by a couple of sources I had. And the fact is, yep, they are filming. They might not be 100% within the film, like throughout the whole film. I think it's only a few. And that's a few scenes that would be basically to move along the multiverse of madness kind of story plot what's going on. And obviously, Doctor Strange most likely is going to be in there, too. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Last up would be, well, Russell Crowe will be playing a character in Thor and Love and Thunder. So probably just a cameo of some sorts. It's been official. They Marvel had to state, yes, he's in the movie because apparently people got leaked pictures of him on set. But I think his characters could be more like Matt Damon and Sam Neill were within Thor Ragnarok when they... We're doing the play for Loki when Loki was playing the father at that point. And it's like they were doing the play act of Thor and Loki. And it, it was pretty funny to see them because they didn't even know what they were doing at that point. <laughs> so uh, generally we go into podcast recommendations. So do you have any podcast recommendations? I do have podcast recommendations. I know you're awesome at giving out our friends podcast. So I figured I'd go somewhere else Yeah. because yeah, everybody fine. should be listening to all our friends podcasts. <laughs> one of them that I'm really liking right now is called Newsworthy. It there's an episode Monday through Friday. It's 10 minutes of the news of the day. Like it's quick. You know what's going on without being like inundated with all the bad news or and there's good news and stuff mixed in. And sometimes that's the benefit for that. Yeah, and sometimes comic book and stuff. And then on Saturdays they do another like 15 minute episode about one topic. And it could be something as hmm. yeah, and it could be something like really simple, like, you know top vacation spot or it could be something heavier like a uh, black lives matter but they'll take two sides of it hmm. they're biased so they they stay in between, yeah, they stay in and between they just get both sides of the story that's cool. yeah it's really interesting because i like knowing what's going on in the world but i don't one i don't have the time to like read everything and two i don't you know watching the news a lot of it's just too sad so this podcast i think is a nice balance and you get to know what's going on if there's something you want to look more into you can but it's just like a quick hit of what's going on in the world that day that's pretty cool it's basically the uh you get the a lot of the good a lot and the bad it's equal you're not just getting all bad news right yeah yeah nobody wants that (laughs) no it doesn't doesn't make you crazy but the, uh, I just hope that they give you, it's like, hey, what do you want to hear first? The good news or the bad news? They generally end on a good note. Okay, good. So, yeah. <laughs> that leaves you off in a good yeah. note. That's a good point. You know, they'll yeah. start with the biggest story and then work their way down. They'll do things like, you know, comic book casting sometimes. Like, they'll put in some... Popular stuff, stuff in media. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, that's the newsworthy. Um, and then the other pa- podcast that I have been listening to forever is the No Sleep Podcast. Okay. There's a Reddit thread called No Sleep, which is a bunch of supposedly real horror stories. And years and years ago, somebody started making a podcast out of some of the more popular stories on the thread. And then this podcast has now become ridiculously popular, very professionally done. And it's out, they come out with episodes on Sunday. It's free for like three stories, or you can pay, which I haven't done in a while. I used to subscribe, but I don't right now. And you can pay, I think it's 15 bucks for a season and you get a longer episode and some bonus episodes but it's the ghost you know it's ghost stories and horror stories and those are things i like and they're usually like i said it's really well like it's really well done it's really professional and the stories are pretty are usually really good that's cool yeah and it helps you when you have no sleep right (laughs) when the baby woke up at 2 a.m again (laughs) 
Oh boy. It's like, here, hold on. I'm holding you. Yep. At least I'm listening to this. <laughs> well, that's the earbud in. I don't want him. <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> All right. The only one I have to recommend, obviously, you all you listeners know, Run for Your Lives with Daphne and Pake. And they have their episodes. Uh, it, their episode is coming up soon about the train to Busan. So they're covering that particular movie. So I look forward to hearing them talk about that movie. I found it really interesting. It's a movie I highly recommend that you watch with the subtitles. Do not watch it with the dub version. Never the dubbed. Never. So they can be found on the Pyrocore Entertainment Network. So check them out. And with that, we'll move into YouTube recommendations. So uh, I see that you have a couple too that are different. Yeah. <laughs> Quarantine Kitchen with Alton Brown on Tuesday nights. That's pretty much the only thing I watch on YouTube right now that's not my daughter's choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah it's, it, it, the struggles of being a parent in this day and age yeah. with media, you're always tied to whatever the kids watch, but sometimes at night, but this probably helps you out in the kitchen too, to play around with like new meals and yeah. new dishes, right? I mean, it's not, it's not like a super how-to, like Alton Brown, I've always loved him. He did the show Good Eat, the Food Network for years, which is a very science-based cooking show. Yeah. So when we went into quarantine a year ago, he and his wife decided, you know, like a whole lot of other creative people that they were going to throw something out there for the world. And they started this quarantine kitchen or it's Quitchen. They actually use a Q-U to be cute and call it QQ. Um, and I just started watching it with them. And it's like, it's so funny that like this professional chef who has had multiple TV shows, he opens up his fridge and he finds a carton of eggs that expired seven months ago like it makes you feel so much better about what your kitchen what's in your kitchen and the yeah, status everybody, of everything. they're just they're the same as us yeah. they have the same issues so that's pretty cool yeah so he makes use of those eggs or does he throw them away he tried and then decided to throw them away but because they usually start with a cocktail and they show you how to make the cocktail and then they make the dinner and mm -hmm. It goes in and out of as to how well you can follow the dinner, depending on how strong the cocktail was. <laughs> That's pretty cool. My friend does a similar thing. He does it on Facebook and uh, on Instagram. He is a bartender. He was a teacher. Year, like he's a retired teacher now, but he's a bartender normally. But since the bars are closed and there's certain bars are not open, he's only going in every once in a while. So he'll do his quarantine drinks. That's cool. So if uh, you listeners out there, if you want to go look at Jeff Enrage or Jeff Altieri, he's out there doing his own thing, too. So, yeah, it's kind of similar to what you're, you're talking about. But in this case, it's all different mixed drinks and they're all experimental. And there have been a few where they've been bad, <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty fun to watch him go through all that stuff. And he's very entertaining. So check out. Jeff Enrage, if you can, if you can find him on Facebook, I'm pretty sure you can find his videos. And with uh, YouTube, well, with me, the Grim Life Collective, they're back. They've been putting out a lot of content since uh, Michael and Jessica moved out to California. So they've been doing a lot of movie locations. Just recently, they went to uh, the Roadhouse where Jim Morrison used to hang out. So they went to that area and location to see where Jim used to hang out. They went to a couple of grave sites of celebrities. Vampiro is one of them, so check them out. But they are coming back this week with their Up All Night with the Grimms, where they do a movie watch-along party. Oh, that's cool. So you could watch. Uh, the movies are free on YouTube, so you would have to watch it on one device, and then you could interact with them, or you could just interact with them, because usually it winds up becoming like a conversation while you, know, you communicate through text, through YouTube, like through the message board. 
So you can do that and have fun. They have interesting ones coming up. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. I think they're doing Bram Stoker's Dracula this week for uh, Jessica's birthday. So, And lastly would be The Thing with Two Heads with Sean Clark and Chris. And they've been building a, a huge, great fan base within the horror community. And they bring on a lot of celebrity guests on occasion. And Chris talks about, you know, film locations that he's been on as being an effects artist. Him being on the new Halloween movie that's out that he did effects for. And we get to see a few interesting things that he develops and brings up. So check them out. Yeah, that sounds like something I'd like. I think I want to check that one out. Yeah, they they have the podcast too, which is all audio based, but they do. I think um, they were going to get John Atkins from The Fog and what was the other movie? Oh, Halloween 3. So he, he might be on too at one point. Sean's good friends with him. They actually went to the Halloween 3 uh, locations as well as Creepshow locations for uh, Horrors Hallowed Grounds, which you could actually find on YouTube too. Oh, that's cool. So check them out if you can. So with that, well, the way you could submit your feedback, you could just go to our Facebook group, which would be Panels Pixels. Well, it would be facebook.com slash panels to pixels, or you could just leave us an email. And that would be at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. And that's panels two spelled out T-O and pixels and the number one at gmail.com. So just send a regular email. If you want to record your voice as feedback and send it, we'll play it. We'll listen to it. We'll give you a comment on it. And just like that with the Facebook page, we'll always leave an image and you just leave a comment below the image of what we're covering and we'll read that as well. So you could find us on YouTube as well. And all you have to do is search Panels to Pixels podcast. And if you're there, uh, subscribe if you're really liking the content and give us a thumbs up if you like the episode. We really appreciate that. So where else can listeners hear us? Well, with me, I can be heard right here on Panels to Pixels on the Next Level Podcast Network. And you could also hear me on my other podcast, which would be Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. And that could be found on the Pyrocore Entertainment Network. And there I cover action movies, adventure movies, suspense, and thriller movies. So I know I've been behind. Work got in the way, so life always finds a way. So this week, you'll have Highlander, and it'll be up so you could hear me and Steve cover Highlander. After that, I'm hoping to move on to Face Off with Ben, Ben Beck, who is actually on this network. And you could hear him on the Lost, We Have to Go Back, Revisited podcast. You and Ben are great together. Everybody, we've gotten a lot of feedback about that. People have fun listening to yeah. us. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be doing, we'll be covering that, and then after that, I'm hoping that we could get John Wick too with with Cat. We I kind of kind of got delayed because a lot of things happened in Cat's life recently. So we're hoping that she could jump on, and we'll continue on with that. So Jamie, this was your first podcast. Yes, my first ever podcast. <laughs> and i want to thank you for being on and you did great so uh, i just wanted to thank you for being on i hope you're going to be on next week when we do number five i will be on next week when we do number five there you go you heard it here listeners he's going to be back so if you have any uh questions uh, anything you want to say to us just send them in an email or just go to our facebook group and just leave them in the comments so with that that's our show today and i just want to thank everybody for listening i'm mark and i'm jamie And this was Panels to Pixels, and we'll see you on the next panel. And we'll talk to you soon. Good day. Bye.